Howdy! Before we get started today, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for joining us for 149 episodes of Texas History and Culture. And we're not stopping here, folks. Next week is 150. And what is 150, Scott? Sesquicentennial! 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 For those of you that don't know, Texas in 1986 celebrated their 150th 150th anniversary, their sesquicentennial, of becoming a state uh, in the Union of the United States. And as homage to that celebration for our 150th episode, uh, we are going to celebrate um, our anniversary of 150 shows. So, get on the website. You can buy a t-shirt. You can share your stories for the sesquicentennial but you better do it fast because we're recording the show very soon so get out there and tell us what you remember from 1986 and if you buy a shirt a portion of all t-shirt sales are going to go towards flood relief for uh, the victims of the flooding in the texas brazos river area and uh, also um we've provided uh, some downloadable, uh, printable versions of that uh, special Come and Take It sesquicentennial logo. Go to the website, download the sesquicentennial logo, and get out there and take your Texas selfie and send it to us quick. Alrighty. And without further ado, here's the show. There's a lot of Joes in that band, by the way. Howdy. You're listening to Come and Take It a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. During a more than 50-year performing and recording history, this Texan has become one of the top Tejano artists with a unique style, imbuing his sound with Norteño, country, blues, and rock and roll. Established in 1959 by Jose Maria de Leon Hernandez, today we are talking about Little Joe y La Familia. But first, what's your favorite Aggie joke? Well, um, I like, uh, how many Aggies does it take to screw in a light bulb? One, but he gets three credit hours. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that one as well as uh, one, but he gets really dizzy when he does it. <laughs> hey, hey, Sean, why can't Aggie farmers raise chickens? I don't know, Mike. Why can't an Aggie farmer raise chickens? Because they plant the eggs too deep. Har, 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 har. <laughs> Maggie sure is dumb. Uh, guys. <laughs> All right. Listen, I, I respectfully decline to participate in this on the grounds that I married an Aggie and I should like to remain married. So uh, you are awful and you're offensive. No sleeping on so, the couch for you tonight. Yeah, well, somebody uh, told a, a, a Polak joke this week, and I was like, a Polak joke? And then he said, you're right. This is Texas. I should be telling Aggie jokes. <laughs> Little Joe, whose musical innovations and leadership has ensured his band's success, was born Jose Maria de Leon Hernandez in Temple, Texas, on October 17, 1940, to Salvador and Emilia de Leon Hernandez. He was the seventh of 13 children. Little Joe had an early affinity for music. When he was barely into his teens, he began to play guitar and sing with his cousin's band, David Coronado and the Latin Airs. In the late 1950s, the Latin Airs caught the attention of Torero Records, 
who released their first single, the rock-inspired instrumental, Safari, Part 1 and 2. In 1959, when Coronado left the group, Little Joe became the leader, and he renamed it to Little Joe and the Latin Airs. In the 1960s, Little Joe signed recording contracts with several Tejano labels, first with Corona in San Antonio, and later with Valmon in Austin and Zarape in Dallas. He also started his own label, Buena Suerte, which he used to release the band's Spanish-language recordings, and then he used Good Luck Records for English-language recordings. This was pretty common with Tejano music at the time, and even today. He also established Leona Records and entered into a distribution contract with Freddie Records at Corpus Christi. Of Freddie Fender fame. Oh, there you go. <laughs> another great Latino artist. Or another great Tejano artist. Mm. In the mid-1960s, the Latinaires began their rise to popularity with their first album, Por Un Amor. Soon afterwards, the band's Amor Bonito also became a hit album. Having achieved a measure of success, the Latinaires recruited Tony Ham Guerrero, a talented and musically trained trumpeter, to join the band. With Guerrero's addition, the Latinaires began to evolve, ultimately becoming one of the best-selling Tejano orchestras. The hits kept coming. And by 1970, Little Joe discovered a deeper connection to his cultural roots while traveling and performing in the San Francisco Bay Area. Additionally, Little Joe became really committed to the farm workers movement that was led by Cesar Chavez and the Chicano movement that had emerged across the American Southwest. In a reflection of this, Little Joe changed the band's name to Little Joe y la Familia, to show his dedication to the cultural and political contributions and the struggles that were faced in his community. La Onda Chicana came in with the Chicano movement, which was a time during which Tejano Orquesta musical tradition reached its pinnacle. It combined ranchero music, haitan, as well as Latin and other American music into a seamless bimusical sound. The high admiration the band was held in drew top musicians to its rank. Uh, among these musicians were... Joe Gallardo, Luis Gasca, Joe Mad Dog Velasquez, Joe Medina, and Gilbert Cedeno. There's a lot of Joes in that band, by the way. A I lot of three Joes. so far. Four. <laughs> Four Joes. So little Joe and his family of Joes. <laughs> in 1972, strengthened by the addition of these musicians and a growing musical sophistication, Little Joe y la Familia recorded the album Para la Gente. For the People, which became a huge success in the Tejano community. Para la Gente, which was filled with lush arrangements, also embodied the Chicano self-identity. Las Nubas, Que el Copla Tengo, La Traccionera, and El Disco were synthesis of the best of the ranchero and high-tone traditions outpacing what other Tejano bands had previously accomplished. Las Nubes, in particular, remains a beloved and well-regarded artistic effort in code-switching between English and Spanish, called Spanglish, in La Onda Chicana tradition. Little Joke referred to the code-switching as a capirotada, or ensalada de musica, a musical salad. Sounds delicious. Yum. By the early 21st century, Little Joe y La Familia had amassed a large following across both Texas and the nation. The band's performances drew audiences from 38 to 50,000 for concerts at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, at the Astrodome, of course, and even Fiesta Broadway. In addition to its regular performance schedule, the group appeared at major festivals across the United States. 
As of today, the band continues to perform in a variety of venues. The Smithsonian Institute and the John F. Kennedy Center for Performing Arts have hosted the band during National Hispanic Heritage Week. In 1997, Little Joe received the Governor's Award from the Texas branch of the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences for his contributions to the legacy of Texas music. He received the Smithsonian's Lifetime Legend Award in 2001, was recognized in 1991 with a Grammy for for Best Mexican-American Album, uh, D.S.E.C.S. de Septiembre, and a 2008 Tejano Album of the Year Grammy for Before the Next Teardrop Falls, which is one of the most beautiful songs you will ever hear. Uh, the band also received other Grammy nominations in 1988, 93, 99, and 2003. So we're talking about this today. Uh, we got a, a tweet that asked us, you know, about if we were going to address and talk about some of the Tejano artists in Texas. So, uh, you know, going back to the classics, there's Little Joe, and uh, I do want to do one on uh, uh, Sony Azuna sometime soon, Sonny and the Sunliners. Uh, but there's a really interesting time with these artists. You know, um, these guys are, they're Texans. You know, they're born mm-hmm. here, they're raised here. And it's interesting that, you know, when people think of Tejano music, it's really a Texas sound. And these guys are the ones that defined it. Um and it's just it's it's great happy music. So go yeah, out and you know, go get yeah. your Spotify up and go punch up Little Joe. Yeah, I think it's good. You know, like I said, the Tejano now the the Grammy is for the Tejano album. It's not for the Mexican American album. This is more than just a you know. This is not Mexican culture. Just like it's not truly American culture. It is a it is a true synthesis blended culture. But it is. It is inherently a Texas culture. It is the original Texas culture in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, Little Joe is, is one great example of that. Uh, Freddie Fender is another great example. I also, you know, it's neat that they, they had these connections between the different Tejano groups, and especially in the 60s and 70s. Uh, Freddie Fender's been, you know, he was, he was performing for years and years. Well, then, you know, as I was talking about, Sonny Ozuna, like, had a nice uh, thing he talked about Little Joe, and, and he's a little older than Little Joe, but he talked about, you know, that the two of them were kind of blazing this trail. It was like, you know, it was really neat because there's this other guy out there, but at the same time, you know, I wanted to be playing the bigger dances than him. Uh, you know, <laughs> so they're, they're competitive, but they're also friends, and uh, they've actually done a tour together. But, um, you know, you look at the at this sort of strength of this tradition, you know, it's going back and thinking about all of these episodes we've recorded and talking about Texas. It's so amazing because it's Texas is just we talked about the fact that like people that, you know, people in the Czech Republic are like, how do you guys know what a kolache is? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like, uh this is but, you know because te- a kolache is Texan, right? Right, exactly. We invented them here, um, but it's just the 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 flavor of Tejano music is a little bit of everything. It's American rock and roll. It's you know it's the traditional music. It's just and it's its own thing that stands alone. You know, it isn't any one genre. It's a lot of things that are sort of blended to make this new wonderful sort of stew. Yeah. So. I'm not a huge. I, I don't really know that much about uh, Little Joe and and some of these other groups that you've mentioned. How does this fit in with uh, people groups like uh, the Texas Tornadoes and uh, those guys? Is it are they connected or is it like two parallel sort of things? So the Texas Tornadoes are are 
were largely Tejano artists, but it was a mixture of Tejano and, and white artists. Uh, but they, uh, Freddie Fender, of course, is a Tejano artist, but they were making a, a, they were making rock music with a Tejano influence, whereas Little Joe is a, is a, is a Tejano artist who, who has a lot of rock influence in his music. But they were very close friends and collaborators in a lot of things. Yeah. Like we said, he recorded at Freddie Fender's studio, you know, it, a lot of English songs that he wrote. But what you'll find is, is that these, especially in the 50s, is, is that these guys would play, um, they would play like a rock and roll dance one day, and then another day they might be mm-hmm. doing the Tejano songs. Or they might be playing, they would be playing both. They would... They would play country. They would play Tejano. They would play rock and roll. They would play whatever people wanted and were dancing to, and that's just sort of they're they're very versatile musicians. Mm-hmm. You know, very versatile, talented guys. So, um, and they they also were they also were also often playing background. Yeah, they're 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 musicians and session musicians and and in bands all together. You know, like Mike said, playing playing at the dances and the and the and the rock clubs. You know, on one, the dance hall circuits, yeah. yeah. And what what's really interesting is I, you know, I remember like um, living in South Texas as a kid. I, I I remember when people first really started getting those big cut vinyl things and putting them on the back windows of their trucks. I remember a lot of people had all these little Joe stickers on their trucks <laughs> and in in La Familia. So, um, but yeah, like I mean, he's. He's a, he's a legend. He's a legendary Texan, and he deserves to be put right up there in the pantheon with the rest of uh, you know great Texas musical artists. And maybe uh, he isn't quite on the radar of everyone, but uh, you know if you're a Texan, he's a Texan just like you and me. And you should go out and, and say you know let me let me give Little Joe a, a spin on the old record player. Well, you know if because you're, I'm living in 1972. Yeah, you know if you're <laughs> if you're driving up 35 from Austin between Austin and Dallas, you got to go through Temple, uh, and off on the side of the road in the middle of Temple uh, on I-35, there is a Little Joe La Familia Museum, um, and it is dedicated to him and his family and his music. You can stop in and and talk and see hear his music and see artifacts and and memorabilia from his entire uh, 50 plus year career well there you go that's yet another vacation idea from your friends that come and take it (laughs) that wraps things up for today you can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com we'd love to hear from you so like and share us on facebook follow the show on twitter at texas podcast or go to brainstable.com and leave us some feedback you can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com and why not follow us individually, too? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two ends. And I'm Scotticus. We know you love this show. We know you love the sweet sound of Texas artists. So why don't you get out there and tell your friends about Come and Take It. This is episode 149, 150's next week. Sesquicentennial! Sesquicentennial! Sesquicentennial. Just think about all the fun catching up that you can do. Mm-hmm. As you learn and improve your Texas IQ every week with us on Come and Take It. At the airing of this episode, you have maybe two days, two days to get with us and send us any memories that you might have or stories to tell of the Texas sesquicentennial from 1986. We want to hear your stories. And if you'd like to support the show financially, go to patreon.com slash Texas podcast. We hope you'll join us next time, and remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.